You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, it's C. Sparky. 5 for 12.50 a.m. The Fan. We'll talk with Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette momentarily. But first, let me tell you, this uh, timeout is brought to you by Potawatomi Sportsbook. Bet on all your favorite sports 24-7. Enjoy over 70 self-service kiosks, wall-to-wall TVs, free parking, great food, and a full bar. Bet big, bet bold, learn more at PaysBig.com. Uh, and follow Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette on Twitter at ByRyanWood. I was laughing on my couch watching this Packers team and this offense kind of tear apart this Kansas City defense. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I thought maybe we could get to this point by the end of the year with this offense. I didn't see it coming this early, Ryan. How about you? Yeah, 2024. You know, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking three weeks ago this team would be three and nine. I thought they were staring direct coming back from Pittsburgh. They're staring directly at three and nine. And I was watching this game a bit in shock to be on. And two things about that: one, it's very rare that I watch a Packers game anymore in shock, right? I mean, when sure. you're around the team all the time, you kind of have a, a feeling of what to expect. In this game, I knew going in, I really didn't know what to expect because this team's been all over the map this season. So I really had no idea what was going to happen. I felt like it was going to be a very small percent chance that I was going to be shocked, but I didn't see Jordan Love carving up the Kansas City Chiefs defense. That's an elite defense. They put more points on the Kansas City Chiefs defense than any team this season has put on the Kansas City Chiefs defense. So where's the arrow stop? I, I don't know. They're, they're straight north right now, and this quarterback is straight north. But, yeah, I was, I was a bit in shock, Sparky. I'll say this, uh, you know, Jordan Love took a lot of heat uh, early on during the course of the season. People talking about, oh, he's not going to be the guy. They might have to go get somebody else. And I heard it along the podcast that Ryan Horvath and I do during the week. I-, I was saying the whole time, like, you can't judge him yet. Like, these wide receivers clearly still don't know what they're doing. The tight ends still have issues. The offensive line with Walker left tackle was a turnstile in the beginning of the season, so he was under all kinds of duress at at points. They couldn't get the ground game going. Jones, who they built this offense around, was hurt after week one uh, and couldn't stay healthy on the field, and that was kind of the game plan, I think, coming in was to build it around Aaron Jones. There was so much going wrong around him for me to look at it and go, oh, yeah, he's not the guy. I just I couldn't do it. I, I, I had faith in Jordan Love this whole time, and now you're starting to see kind of what it might look like going forward. The Lions game was, well, is it a one-off or is it real? Now they take care of Kansas City. Now I think, and we'll see what you think, I think now we can officially say that this offense is real now as we look ahead towards the rest of the schedule. The reality is that we've seen his talent for a while now. We've seen his talent most of this season. I remember specifically watching the Vikings game thinking, there's a lot of issues on this field right now, and none of them are the quarterback. Like, the quarterback's playing well. Everything around him looks bad. So we've seen Jordan Love's talent for a while. 
I, I entered this season with no higher priority than to not leave a receipt, right? Like, this is a, a formative season for this franchise. It's the first season of Jordan Love. There's going to be overreactions because it's going to take time. Do not leave a receipt. So at no point this season have I ever said Jordan Love's not the guy because I knew it was going to take time. And until now, I haven't said he is the guy either. But the reality with Jordan Love is that he is a franchise quarterback. And what that means is that the Packers have to do spend every effort, every, everything they do needs to be directed at building around Jordan Love because he, he is a franchise quarterback. Now, we don't know yet if he's a guy, and we won't know for some time, if he's a quarterback that you can win, go win a Super Bowl with, because that's the, that's the next level. You know, being a franchise quarterback means that you've got a quarterback you can go into any game and win with. You've got a quarterback that can get you to playoffs. And, and that's where they're at with Jordan Love. There's another level for him to get to, Pro Bowl, All-Pro level quarterback, MVP level quarterback. We don't know if, if that's his ceiling or not. But he is a franchise quarterback, and, and they've got to build around him. He, he's got that kind of talent. We were talking uh, about Jordan Love's contract possibilities, right, kind of going forward. And we started looking at spot track and seeing where everybody lines up contract-wise. And if you look at all of these contracts, now again, Daniel Jones screwed everything up with a $40 million average, obviously, with the Giants. But outside of that, if you look at this, I would imagine, you know, next summer when they get to this, I'm guessing he's probably going to be over $30 million a year on average. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked at what, what his market value is going to be yet because the reality is they can't extend him until May 3rd at the Correct. earliest. Correct, next so summer. I imagine, yep. I imagine it'll be around that time when they do extend him because he's going to get extended next offseason. There, there's no question about that. He, he is the guy that they are going to build around. Uh, there was a time this season, early on this season, when they, you know, they, they made the Rasul Douglas trade and, and you could see Jordan Love's talent, but you didn't. You know, Justin Fields is a really talented quarterback, right? He's just not a good quarterback. Just because you're talented doesn't mean you're a good quarterback. It has to translate to so many other things at that position. It's not just about the talent. Now we've seen that, right? But there was a time this season where you had to wonder, okay, if they get a top-five pick, what do you do? Uh, do, you, do you build around Jordan Love or do you, do you get another quarterback? And that, that seemed to be up in the air. There's zero question about that now. The, the, the debate is over. Jordan Love is the quarterback for this team's future. And so he, he will get extended this, this offseason. We'll come until at the earliest May 3rd because that's a day and a year after his last extension. Uh, but it, it's, it's going to get done. You know, the other thing, too, uh, about this is this offensive line, I, I think, has gotten better. Now, do I trust Runyon? now? Do I trust Walker? Maybe not. But I think the offensive line in general has gotten better. And these goofy rotations that they've been playing at left tackle and right guard drive me absolutely bonkers. I've never seen it done in the NFL before. I don't know if I've ever seen it done in college football uh, during the course of a regular season. Every game switching guys in and out. But it looks like the switch ins and outs is getting less and less. A lot less playing time for Ryan uh, this last game. Uh, are you feeling more comfortable and confident about this offensive line as they head down the stretch? Well, let's put it this way. If, if you have two left tackles in this league, you have no left tackles, right? And, and what the Packers very much want and would like to see happen is, is Rasheed Walker or Yash Nyman grab that left tackle spot. The fact that they're rotating means that neither have. Uh, when it comes to the spring and the draft, left tackle is going to be the, the highest position of, of need and priority because – the reality is David Bakhtiari at 32 years old with all the knee issues, 
a 32-year-old left tackle with knee issues does not fit in what this offense is doing, which is going with young talent and building for the future. It just doesn't it doesn't fit. So that that's going to be a high priority. As far as the offensive line playing better, so much of that's the quarterback, and so much of that in this league when it comes to pass protection, the, the quarterback makes the offensive line more than the offensive line makes the quarterback. It's the same in baseball, right? For a long time we thought that stolen bases were off the catcher. No, stolen bases are actually off the pitcher. And in this league, the pass rush, so much of it's predicated on your quarterback. Can, can he make the pre-snap reads that he needs to? Can he get rid of the ball quickly? Can he feel the pass rush while keeping his eyes downfield and, and allowing t- that, that extra bit of time for his receivers to get open on second moves off the routes? And all those things are things in the last few weeks we've seen Jordan Love do at a very high level. And, and that's a big part of the reason why the offensive line, the pass protection, as a whole, does look better is because Jordan Love's pocket presence, his awareness, is so much higher than it's been. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Let's talk about the play calling by Matt LaFleur. That was uh, an issue that came up after the game on Sunday uh, in that press conference because obviously you're at all these games and you can see a difference as far as, you know, the bigger chunk plays that he's willing to allow Jordan Love to do. Uh, a lot more like pulling of guards and, and a lot more motion, it feels like, consistently play-to-play. Play. Uh, and I believe somebody used the term, uh, you're, you've gone into your bag a little bit more than you have in the past, which I'm not quite sure if you understood or not. Uh, but it definitely feels like he's opened it up a, a lot more now that he trusts uh, the guys on offense. Here's why I think Matt LaFleur had a hard time understanding the, uh, the reasoning there. Is because it's not like back in week four and, and week five, Matt LaFleur didn't want to open up the offense. It's not like he wanted to, to put the brakes on this thing and the training wheels on. He, he did it because he, he felt like it was a necessity. And he said it at the time. The guys aren't executing the plays. And if the guys aren't executing the plays, you, you can't broaden the offense because that's going to make things worse. And it wasn't until the guys stopped running bad routes, stopped dropping the football, the quarterback – started feeling a lot more comfortable in, in, in the pocket, feeling the rush, that he was actually able 
to open up the offense. So now what we're seeing is these young players have grown. They've clearly developed. They, they are executing at a very high level, a level that they weren't executing at six weeks ago. And Matt LaFleur has recognized this as a head coach, as a play caller, and, and, and he's calling plays that are based on what his players are doing now. And, and that's, that's what coaching is. You can only go so far as your players are able to execute. And so, you know, I, I think it's kind of chicken or the egg. Like, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that Matt LaFleur didn't want to open up the offense. It's that he couldn't until these guys caught up, and they've, they've caught up. I, I think it's a great testament to this coaching staff. And when you look at the, the shocking part is for it to be an in-season turnaround this emphatic, this dramatic, it just doesn't happen. Three weeks ago, I thought, okay, maybe they can build toward 2024. But this is a, as dramatic of a turnaround in season as you'll ever see. I mean, this, we don't know where it ends. But for me, this is a lot like run the table in 2016, where it just came out of absolutely nowhere. There were no signs. No one saw three, these three straight wins coming. And now you look up, and they're the seventh seed in, in the playoffs as the season ended today. They have a, a soft schedule. Only one team with a 500 record the rest of the way is the Vikings at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, it, it would actually be a disappointment if they didn't make the playoffs. And nobody could, could fathom that three weeks ago. It is as emphatic of a turnaround in season as you're ever going to see. As much as I'm surprised by how good this offense turned around uh, as quickly as it turned around, I think I'm just as surprised as far as how good this secondary has played minus Rashul Douglas. Minus Jair Alexander because he's been out with his back injury. Savage was hurt. Uh, and yet this secondary is playing really well uh, with a lot of guys that nobody knew about uh, or nobody trusted probably coming into the season. Well, it goes to show you how far communication on the field can go, right? You know, there's no busted coverages right now. And, and that goes a long way. Look, I, I understand for good reason there's a lot of residual concern when it comes to Joe Barry as defensive coordinator, because for a long time, it has not looked good. And, and it's going to take some, some time to, to build up trust again in the fan base. But when something is good, it's good. And when something's bad, it's bad. And the reality is the defense has not been perfect, and, and no unit is ever going to be perfect. The Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at one point this season went three straight second halves without scoring a point. No unit's going to go through an entire season perfect. But this defense has been really good. I mean, they've looked bad in two games, right? They, they looked bad week four against the Lions. They looked bad in Pittsburgh. They had a really bad fourth quarter week two. But other than that, when at, this, at any point this season has this defense not been good? It's been good other than that. So right now, Joe Barry's not on that LaFleur's hot seat. Joe Barry is defense coordinator. If they make the playoffs, they're not firing their defensive coordinator. Agreed. This is a, a defense that, that has played much better than last year. We don't know if it'll continue. Again, that residual concern, okay, is it going to turn at some point? It, it might, but right now this defense is in a very good place. I'm going to ask you a, a question, and I'm not quite sure how much you follow individual players per se or whatever the case may be, but where would you say Lucas Van Ness is in his development versus maybe where Rashawn Gary was his rookie year at this point? It's very similar, and I, I think going in, I, I kind of expected it to be pretty similar because – both of those guys were entering the league as, as guys that tested really, really well in, in the pre-draft process, and also guys that were changing positions. Now, Rashawn Gary played a, a five-tech at Michigan, and he was moving more to an outside linebacker role. 
And Lucas Van Ness was, uh, he, he played everywhere on the Iowa defensive line. He was moving to an outside linebacker role. It takes time to translate that, no matter how athletically gifted you might be, it takes time to translate that into an 11-on-11 setting. And, and we've seen it take time. That was a huge sack. And it was, it was Lucas Van Ness's first sack since week one. So, you know, he, he's been out there on the field, and I think he plays the run quite well. He sets an edge. But it, it, the, the pass rushing numbers haven't exactly been there. But he, that was a huge sack on Patrick Mahomes. And, and, and really what set the tone for that game defensively was the first two drives, both times the Kansas City Chiefs get into the red zone, and they have three sacks uh, in, in those two red zone trips and hold them to two field goals. That set the tone for the entire game. The Packers have not only a pass rush, but they've got so much depth in their pass rush right now. Those three sacks, five players had had at least a half sack among those three sacks. I mean, it was coming from everywhere. Lucas Van Ness was the only one with a full sack. That, that was a huge play, and we'll see if he can build on that down the stretch. We got the Giants coming up. Uh, Tommy DeVito is going to be the starting quarterback, according to Brian Dable, as uh, we record this. He announced that uh, today here on Tuesday. Uh, trap game is something that the media and the fans like to use. And obviously with a younger team, uh, that becomes even more relevant where you're feeling yourself a little bit and thinking now you got it under control. You can just go beat teams by just kind of showing up. I don't know if this is a trap game necessarily. The Giants, even though they're god-awful, mainly because it's Monday night football and prime time. And I think there's still some juice to that with these young guys as far as you know being you know on Monday night football and playing, even though there are two games, which I still don't like. You know, I mean, at, at this point, any any game could be a, a trap game. It's it's amazing that that we're that we're seeing this team even in this position this season. But the reality is, we have not seen this team, this young team, in a position of favorites once this season. We have no idea how they will do handling things like pressure and expectation because until now, they've only ever been the scrappy underdog. Nobody's expected anything from this team for a while now in 2023 and now there's expectation. And so how, how do they handle being the favorite? Uh, we, we don't know. We, we, we haven't seen that. And until we see it, you know, it's, it's a question mark with, with a team that's this young, you go into a primetime game against a terrible team on, on Monday night on the road, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley's there. It, it, they, they've got, obviously their run defense has to be buttoned up, uh, but this is, a, this is a game the Packers should win. Next week, Bucks at home is a game the Packers should win. They very well might be the favorite from here on out. I mean, other than that, that New Year's Eve game in Minnesota, there's not a game on their schedule where they're going to be uh, in any type of res- uh, position resembling an underdog role. How they handle that, we have no idea, but it's, it's, it just shows how emphatically this thing has flipped that they're in this role now when they've, they've only been the scrappy underdog to this point. I have one last question for you. When you have a young team, leaders have to develop. When you don't have, you know, those Bakhtiaris and Rodgers type players uh, on that side of the ball, or the Reggie Whites or Leroy Butlers on the defensive side of the ball, who are the guys that are kind of leading this locker room right now? Well, they definitely have veterans in the locker room, as young as they are. I mean, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith to an extent, Jair Alexander uh, on the offensive side. We'll see when Aaron Jones gets healthy, but Aaron Jones has been a leader whether he's been healthy or, or injured this season. A.J. Dillon uh, has played a lot of football. There's leaders in the locker room, and, and they lost one with 
trading Rasul Douglas, but but I think Brian Gutekind was still able to see that even without Rasul Douglas's presence, that there 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 were it wasn't like it was ex- exclusively youth across the board. That, that there are veterans here, um, and, and I if you're a veteran, I I think you, if you were to give him true serum, they probably thought the season was over after the Rasul Douglas trade. I mean, that that's a clear sign of a GM that's that's recognizing a rebuild and turning to 2024. Uh, so they've got to be thrilled to be in this position. And, and it's got to be, uh, at least on some level, surprising that they're in this position now where they, that they can lead a team potentially to a playoff berth. Um, I'm not sure they saw it three weeks ago either. No, it's just the whole thing is quite amazing. He is Ryan Wood. Follow him at by Ryan Wood on uh, X, Twitter, whatever they call it. He, of course, covers the Green Bay Packers for the Green Bay Press Gazette. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Right, take care, Sparky. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 